Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, they've decided on the final four. There are four teams. And the decisions are in. And the Giants clean house. Talk about all that college football and uh, NFL football and whatever else on RSG One Mic. This thing right here is for my people's history. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. Devon <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Today, Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And you can do that. You know, people talk a lot about this kind of stuff. Yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Well, the verdict's in. We've decided on the four teams. There's a lot of debate about it, but we'll hit that uh, tonight on one mic. Um, get into those topics. Um, we'll talk about my, for some, some my folks who uh, follow me on Snapchat, we'll talk about my journey uh, down to Indianapolis, last minute decision. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that tonight um, uh, to, to uh, talk about the whirlwind trip, you know, to go to the Big Ten championship. Um, it was a great experience um, and uh, some insight as I was thinking on my way back and some of the things I was sharing with folks in that space. Um, but a lot has happened in, we would say, 48 hours uh, of time here in the college football land. Uh, the host and all callers are, are brought to you by Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff. To learn more about lifestyle medicine, tell them that the Real Sports Guy sent you. And we'd like to invite you to follow us and like us uh, at realsportsguys.com or go directly to the social media platform, search for realsportsguys.com, uh, real sports, actually, real sports guys. And also go to iTunes or any podcast platform and search for real sports guys. 
listen to us, like us, give us reviews. Uh, we're building this underground style. Um, I want to thank uh, Dr. Rodriguez for for uh, hosting me uh, when I went down to Big Ten Championship, uh, hung out with him and the fam and Ashley um, and her son and uh, just was a great experience down there um, uh, uh, watching the game with them. And, you know, it was tough uh, loss if you were uh, rooting for the Badgers, uh, a great win if you're rooting for the Buckeyes and there's still disappointment uh, because the final uh, decision is in. And uh, we are uh, without a Big Ten team in that Final Four, but we have four, I believe, very strong teams. Uh, I definitely had an opinion um, about it, and I'll share that as we progress throughout the show um, to, uh, to to really understand it. But the first thing first, the Maris, boy, the thing about the Giants, New York football Giants, is that they have in many ways, along with the Rooney family um, and others, kind of been the standard bearer for the NFL, uh, have been synonymous with uh, class and doing it the right way in a lot of different ways, very respectful. They're not the kind of organization that's going to be a knee-jerk organization. In some ways, that's very hard to do in a city like New York City, um, where you're getting pressure from media outlets, talking heads, um, a lot of the major um, uh, 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 sports-related uh, infrastructure either has main headquarters close to New York City or uh, uh, part of their operation station in New York or have some some affiliation there from a media standpoint. You know, it's either New York or L.A. Um, and so you're getting you're, – you're usually the center point of 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 that um and for the most part the jets have stolen the headlines for football in new york for futility and uh the giants have kind of been that standard bearer for football uh in the new york uh, uh greater uh, uh new york area and so you know they've hit some rock bottom my goodness you know what are they they sitting at two and ten talking about benching uh, uh, Manning, uh, which uh, created a lot of of uh, reaction. Now, to be fair, um, McAdoo and them, was, the, the plan was not to really bench him, was the, but the plan was they wanted to see, um, you know, what they had in the quarterback position. And so they definitely want to start, uh, start him. And, and in more ways, because their offensive line was terrible and under duress, you know, in some ways preserve him, but also see what they got um, behind him. And they were not, they I think were caught off guard by, by uh, the reaction they received. And basically was like, if you're not going to play me, then start the other person. And they were going to go and start Gino. And they started Gino this past weekend. Um, but it just was too much to deal with um, and uh, didn't perform well. And, you wake up this morning and not only do they clear out McAdoo, but they clear out Reese, the GM, longtime GM, basically grown up, uh, you know, as an executive in that organization. Um, and, you know, with, with, with four games left, cleared, cleared, cleared the house. Um, had a chance to listen to the, the press conference. And I think Mara, you know, 
one thing I appreciated, he took ownership in for the parts that he played in it um, and where some of the blame had to be. Sometimes that's just talking head speak to kind of move the issue on and deflect. But I think it was honest about the role that as a leader, he could have played a better role in it, even especially with um, uh, the Manning incident and, you know, having a little more control of that given how much he's meant to the franchise over the years, people can be very critical of the, the record um, during that time period and, and how that goes. But um, the bottom line is you got two Super Bowls and there's a lot of organizations that would, um, would uh, love to have two Super Bowls. Um, And that's, that's just a fact. <laughs> Love to have two Super Bowls, and so um, to know that you have two Super Bowls, uh, to know that um, um, that you've been relevant enough during this run, but obviously that you can't put up with um, a season like this, particularly when they made all these investments. Um, you know, uh, John Mara and Steve Tisch both the owners made some investments in the defense. They try to lift their positions up. And so, you know, they say uh, uh, Spagnola is going to take over as a coach. Um, they did. Um, they did say that they were going to invite him to, uh, uh, to apply for the job, but I thought that's kind of premature. Let him take over as a coach and then figure out if he plays in way himself into being, relevant for the job. You know, last time I looked when he was with St. Louis, uh, you know, they didn't have a stellar record. And not, you know, we've learned from Belichick and that whole experience in Cleveland that you can bounce back again, but you gotta make people earn this. You know, uh you're gonna get rid of Jerry Reese and and you can't, you know, you can't be inviting these interims to then apply for the permanent position until they show that they can actually do something and lead. Uh, entertain that once the season over, if they've demonstrated some things in these final weeks that, that, so that, that part I think might've been a little bit overstepping uh, for it, but the timing of it, when you look at um, starting, you know, the process of getting out in front of the draft, getting out in front of free agency, uh, getting out in front of a coach's search. If there's a coach you have an eye on and wanted to be first to it with, New York and the Giants, not just New York City, but the Giants having a history of, you know, doing the things they need to do to be in contention, you know, in a division, frankly, that, you know, even though Philadelphia is looking good, hasn't had a lot of stability. Look what what was happening with the Cowboys right now. They're in transition. Uh, Washington is clearly in transition. You don't know what's going to happen in that situation. Um, So you have the ability to bounce back and gain control in the most stabilizing um, aspect of that vision, you have to argue for the past 10 years, it's probably been the Giants, where with the rest of them kind of going up and down. So it creates an, an opportunity to somehow um, capture and get a stranglehold on that division if you can get the right leadership um, in place. So this is this is, this is is where we're at. And um, um, it's going to begin the carousel, but when I look at this, I think it's the right decision. It's a thoughtful decision. They've underperformed. 
Uh, Reese has kind of been under fire for a few years. Um, you know, you look at what Coughlin's doing down in Jacksonville, that doesn't help. You know, and Coughlin wanted to have a little bit more leadership in the organization. If you think you see how fast he's turning Jacksonville around, that also doesn't look good for the Giants. Um, and so there's a lot of pieces and reasons why uh, you need to make this move and you need to make this move right now. And so um, we have to stay tuned and look at this, um, check it out, um, understand kind of where this stuff is going. Uh, but uh, it's going to be uh, quite a quite a run here um, as we start to see how these last four games of the Giants go, get a sense of <clears throat> how they're going to be moving forward. Um, uh, you know, he <laughs> what I love about Mary, he said he went in and talked to his assistant coaches and folks like this. And, you know, he was basically like, we're not talking about tanking. We expect to be competing and trying to win all of these games. Um, I love his attitude about that. Like there's a giant way and that's leadership. And um, to me, there's a lot of folks who are not assuming that leadership. So um, I love Amara's approach to this. You could disagree. You can argue with it, but he's taking this thing well on. Well, you're listening to RSG One Mike. This is our show. When we go deep in on a topic uh, tonight. Um, I'm going deep in on uh, what's happening with uh, the, 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 the final four teams we have here going for this national championship run um, and how we got that. We'll get into that a little bit more um, as we move through the show. Uh, if you're interested in listening to our other parts of our platform, we got a wide catalog. On that catalog, we have Inside the Park. That's our focus on baseball. Hank leads that. Hank Davis, who usually co-hosts with me on One Mic, um, has a podcast uh, focused on baseball, and more than just the analytics, he's getting back to the heart and soul of baseball um, in the way in which uh, the game was intended. He's trying to bring a little bit of that character and flow back into it. So it's a great listen. It, uh, historically been one of our popular podcasts on our platform. Um, we also have the big show, uh, the big show with myself, Marcus and uh, Phil. You know, this is the barbershop uh, uh, format, uh, you know, the faculty in the barbershop seminar flow with a little bit of you know it's gonna have a hot it's gonna have some intellectual stuff mixed in with the with the barbershop attitude and swag and so it's always got good energy to it um and then we got hustle and flows that say cool and marcus it's kind of intersection between hip-hop uh and sports and so a lot of things for many different people we got more stuff coming to you we're going to be dropping here over the next year you know we always th- we always throw a new wrinkle uh here and there that we want to have some exclusive um, experiences for our listeners will be dropping here um, in, the, in within the next you know uh, year that we love to have y'all continue to to do it like we like we look at it we like we bring one member at a time you know we don't look we looking at quality not quantity um, and so you know we love the folks who in, who engage and listen to us give us great feedback we consider you part of the family and uh, we're gonna keep this moving and our plans to y'all is just keep making this thing better hot. Uh, and, and and real and honest and, uh, um, you know, authentic. You know, we're not going to try and get too Hollywood with it. And so we appreciate you um, and look forward to continue to, to hold that vibe down. But tonight, you know, we're going to hit in on this on this college football, you know, what's going on uh, uh, in the game uh, uh, over there. We're going to get real deep into, you know, you know, some of the stuff that if you follow me on Twitter, I had to go a little bit at Tebow and, you know, um, you know, it seemed like they were hating on 
you know, uh, on the Badgers and hating on some people. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure that I uh, these voice some other opinions uh, about some of this stuff. Uh, my guy, Tony Katiyan, you had to, you know, support me out there, give me a little like and, and when, I, when I dropped it on it. Uh, you know, I had a chance to connect with Tony down there in Indianapolis while they were they were taping their show before the uh, Big Ten Championship. It was good to see them um, and my colleagues over there with ESPN Madison. Um, you know, they still kick it with the underground. You know, they keep it real. They listen to us. You know, it's one of those things, you know, you can't listen too loud in the office, let them know that you listen to real. It's kind of like the folks at TRL used to, you know, they, you know, they listen to 106 in Park. They listen to Rap City. You know, that's kind of how it went down. But we got, we got friends in high places, and they get down with us. So we're going to take a little musical break. We got my boy DJ Slick. You know, he always puts something with it for us. We're going we're gonna to drop some vibe with him. And when I come back, we're going to hit on this first conversation with uh, uh, what's going on with the, with the college uh, Final Four and, and what's been going on in the championship. To the phone. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Before I have to pull the strap off the cut. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Cause ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low, death G, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake it. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. From a young G's perspective And before me they got a trick I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now if she burning I'ma chill for a minute Cause ain't no loving good enough to get burned while I'm a finish yeah. And that's relevant real deal holy feel And now you hooked up and hoes know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh it's like this and like that and like this and uh Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I damn near got kept Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax, and strap on your seat Cause you've never been on a ride like this before What a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I feel some more funky yeah. To add to my collection The selection symbolizes dope Take a toast for dope don't choke if you do, you have no clue of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do. It's like this and like that and like this and uh, it's like that and like this and like that and uh, it's like this and like that and like this and uh, it's like that and like this and like that and uh, it's like this and like that and like this and uh, it's like that and like this and like that and uh, it's like this and like that and like this and uh, it's like that and like this and like that and uh, it's like this and like that. Smashing this, make it hard to adapt to this. Put pizzazz and jazz in this, the cash in this. Master this, blast it, and make a clap to this. DJs don't want cuts and obey the crowd. Just pump the volume up and play it loud. Hip hop's embedded. Before I said I wouldn't let it, but me and the microphone is still magnetic. Straight off the top, I knew I'd be forced to rock. Dead floor to stock, spot scorching hot. Hoping I open, rocking my law seminars, massage at the bar, smoking 10 hours cigars. While I mind me these, put more 
fridge and the TVs. I find it easy catching diabetes and fly sweeties. Sit back and wait to hear slam and tracks. Rock a damn by popular demand. I'm back. I can swim in the GPS and like 
okay, what's the distance? Like, oh, it's only four and a half hours. Oh, bet. I'm like, I'm on the road. You know, my wife is like, get stuff just in case you stay overnight. So I'm on my way to Indianapolis. Now, mind you, I woke up saying I'm going to actually end up watching this game somewhere in the area, get around some Badger folks and crowds, you know, maybe do it down in Rockford, Illinois, some of my old stomping grounds down there, enjoy around that crowd. You know, I was making plans possibly go up to Madison, hang out a little bit, watch it. But then I head on down. So <clears throat> I'm on the road, got everything going, got my coffee right. Heading on down, you know, I, I decided to, you know, not go through Chicago. I went down towards Champaign, Urbana, Yahoo, you familiar with the Midwest, make my way on over to Indianapolis, and I make good time. I get in there, get over, check, find Tony, and the, uh, they were at this place called Brothers, right right near the stadium, um, hang out with them. The crowd's getting crazy, um, watch the game, and then, we, you know, I connect with them. We head on in. Now, one of the things that I have been thinking about all the way down is, um, uh, is you know, kind of this idea that um, um, that um, you know what we're going to take. Where's the keys to Wisconsin beating Ohio State? And one of the things I've been saying all along about Ohio State, and I've had a chance to watch him play in person, watch him a little bit, is that Barrett struggles to play quarterback. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? He, he, the thing, these are things he does well. Obviously, he can run well. People already know that. He either throws the crossing routes or throws the deep ball. And he does a good job of throwing it deep where only his guy can get it or it's incomplete. So there's two things he can do well. And what teams end up doing with that, and Michigan did this the week before, uh, and Wisconsin did it early on, that cost them, is they end up playing a man-to-man and then you try to load the box. It's the wrong way to play Ohio State. The best way to play Ohio State is play zone, Make sure all 11 guys are looking in the backfield and looking the ball in front of them. That's the best play, way to play Ohio State. And force Barrett to throw traditional routes. And if you do that, he'll throw the ball to you. He'll do it. And don't get caught up with the shifts and all that stuff that they do. What Ohio State tries to do is they try to outflank you and so that they try to get a guy on the edge, so they can outflank you. So either uh, the running back can get around the edge, or Barrett can get around the edge, or they're going to run the power game with a Barrett following the back up through the line. Uh, but a lot of the shifts are, are designed to just keep you adjusting. But it's going to go to one of the same two people. <laughs> it's just not going to be. And I was convinced because Wisconsin plays the three-four that Jim Leonard would do that. Then I looked out there, I saw a single high safety. I'm like, damn, man, what is going on? Don't do this. And if you watch the plays, one missed tackle, and they're gone. Like, they stop them in the third long, and then they, they somehow get caught in this man man The one had the safety covering their fastest receiver. It wasn't even, it was, he was beat off the line. Beat off the line. Second half. They get smart, play a lot more zone. Quarters, 
play a lot more of that stuff. Now they start boxing up. Even he even turned it over. He turned it over because the best players for Wisconsin, some of the best players are their linebackers. They know how to drop. They know how to get up under coverage, uh, and so they get a, they get an interception by the sidelines because he threw it right to them. And it's it's okay to disguise your pre snap like it looks like man, and then drop in the zone. And the reason why I'm convinced, the reason why Iowa blew them out is because Iowa from the jump knew they couldn't run with Ohio State. So they played zone, they played under there, they disguised, selective man, but they were forcing him, if you look at those plays, to throw. And then when he broke contain, they had linebackers up there to clean it up so he couldn't get any extra yards. That's how you play Ohio State. And two weekends in a row, Michigan defensive coordinator and Leonard out thinking the room. You got great players, just line up and let them play. And when he did it, they started to dominate control. They outscored him in the second half. The other problem that Wisconsin has is, which is a hard thing about it, is uh, Hornybrook is not ready for prime time. And it was clear. He does not set his feet. He does not. And so two things Barrett has eaten off of in the Big Ten so far, um, particularly with Michigan and and Wisconsin, is – they have been in transition at the quarterback spot. And he's he's eaten off of that um, right away. And so the, where the battle's won is that the other opposing team's quarterback is not leading and making plays. The one thing I, I know about Urban Meyer he gets right away is that, and it's obvious, but a lot of teams don't get this. A lot of teams think you can manage this. Is he realized that his best player or best leader in court always has to be his quarterback. I've never seen an Urban Meyer team that's good that it's not clear from the jump that his quarterback is the leader. You can go right through it. He finds a way to make that person the focal point because that's what it takes offensively to make sure that you compete and have confidence. Um, The one thing I would say Ohio state players do, they got confidence in Barrett. I'll say he limited, but the thing that you know already is that whatever he's got, they believe in. And Hornybrook, does not set his feet. He does not play aggressive. He has a he has aggressiveness in him. Um, I like the way he's bounced back from game to game when he's throwing interceptions, come back and play. But his footwork is terrible. Somebody has to work on it. He's thrown off his back foot, um, and he was not even ready to tuck the ball and run. Like there were times where he just had wide open green space, and all he had to do was just tuck and run. And get a first down, he ended up taking a sack, and now you're in second and 14 when you could have been in second and seven and second and six. The key is to move the chains and let you run. And then they did not commit to the running game. They got balls inside uh, uh, Ohio State's 20, moved the ball down there, and then started getting pass happy when they could have just run on them. They had, they had the momentum, was not running on them, and didn't run on them. <clears throat> so there are times when you just don't do the right things to win. And and then they had one of those magical fourth and one plays, which the Wisconsin defense came up big on the initial hit. I swear they spotted it with the right foot when it should have been spotted the left foot second year in a row. They did it in the Michigan game and they did it in the Wisconsin game. Nobody gets more breaks in life than Urban Meyer. You know, only 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 Ohio State can have two losses in one by as many as they lost to Iowa State and still be relevant. I mean, Iowa and still be relevant at the end of the year. Anybody else have that kind of loss, yeah, they wouldn't even bother part of the conversation. 
you know, USC couldn't even be in the conversation. And I don't think USC's losses were as bad as that loss to Iowa. So then you go in and you say, okay, what happened? So my argument was, I was going back and forth with Phil T about this, you know, because rational, you know, just because there's a lot of, there's a lot of Alabama love, it makes sense that they would go for Alabama. But I was like, with the power of the Big Ten, Jim Delaney, you got a Big Ten champion, the way like uh, 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 Ohio State historically, um, I feel like they're going to go, they go. They're gonna go. Ohio State by far had to be, I would say, but they had a better schedule, gets better competition. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what Alabama's significant win was. They they keep wanting to try to talk about Florida State, but Florida State, even with Francois not getting hurt or whatever, they still were shaky. And Jimbo could see that. That's why he on his way to Texas A&M. They weren't ready for prime time. You could see that. And that was even before he got hurt, before the quarterback got hurt. So it was, and all that stuff was based on preseason rankings before we even saw a team. So, so I'm not sure where their significant victory is, but you know, they aren't supposed to go and pass up reputations, but they seem to do that all the time with Alabama. So I knew they'd be in the conversation, but I felt like you got a big 10 champion. You got a team that just beat the number four team in the country. um, And then they beat the number 12 team in the country. They they've and they've had some pretty good wins down the stretch here. Figured the Buckeyes would be in, but I knew if they brought the Buckeyes in, they was gonna take a slacking. If they played Clemson, they were gonna get beat not by thirty one this time. They would have got beat by forty one because Clemson would have figured out and would have done exactly what I said you need to do against Ohio State. That's why they did it last year and they blew them out. They realized Ohio State is very limited and they defended against those things and they got the speed on top of it. And Ohio State was basically bottled up. And I think at the end of the day, the committee said, we don't want to see that beat down again. We don't want to see that beat down again. We've seen this movie. It doesn't end well. It's like, it's like, it's like Rocky against uh, uh, the first, the first fight against Clubber Lang. That's all. They, and they don't, they don't know if they were going to come back like Rocky. Because <laughs> they, they don't have no Apollo Creed in their corner, you know, talking about what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. They don't have none of that. They just do it's gonna be another big down. This one was gonna be like Drago against Apollo. That's what they felt like it was gonna be. We didn't they said we want to spare you that beat down. So they go with Alabama. So Clemson at number one. You got Oklahoma. You got Georgia, who were those three were locks. And then you get Alabama who didn't win their division and didn't win their conference tournament. So so what do they say? They say we just going to make up whatever rule we're going to make up that's going to get a marquee team in, no matter what they do. That's basically what this committee said. Your brand is strong enough. We're going to get you in. Now, people say the eye test, and I'm like, look, the SEC West in the SEC East was garbage. If we want to just use every analysis we can use on everything else, other than Alabama in the West and Auburn and Georgia in the East, no one else was nobody else scares you in the SEC. So where do those victories come from? But we're not using that logic anymore because we only use that for the Pac Ten, Pac twelve, we don't use that for the Big Twelve, we use that for the Big Ten, we don't use that for all these other conferences. We just for, uh, conveniently forget about the garbage that ends up at the SEC. We use, we we'll try to make that case somewhat for the ACC. Uh but you know, now we're giving Clemson the pass on those things, but I like Clemson. 
So they're going to end up just putting together who they think they're going to put together. And so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So what does that mean? Well, having said all that, I like these four. <laughs> having said all that, all the problems I have with I like these four teams. In fact, I could argue that these are the best four teams. Um, and um, I think these are going to be competitive games. Um, you know, if you were ranking, if I were ranking the teams myself after saying all of that, um, I would probably go Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia. The team that's sneaky that people aren't really talking about, and I've just grown to kind of like a little bit, is Oklahoma. Because Baker Mayfield, I'm hoping the Steelers draft him, has got an attitude and an approach to the game that I just love. (laughs) I absolutely love Baker Mayfield. And I love him because he ain't really trying to like like a lot of young people. A lot of young people care what other folks think. <laughs> they want to be impressionable. They want to be. They worried about their brand. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is old school. He just care about winning. And you either with us or you with them. And he even lose sight that you got little kids around you because when he competing, he don't care who's in it. It's, it's like I'm coming at you. And he's got so much confidence right now. And he's running that offense in such a way he's so competitive. He's got a level of competitiveness right now. That and he's 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 has some duels with some great quarterbacks that he is literally on fire right now. Now, the question you could say is he is he gonna get the Heisman jinx? And that's a possibility. But I just think, you know, um, that he just has a such a mindset around competition that um, he is going to do whatever he needs to do to be competitive. So I think they might house Georgia. And I think Georgia looked good, but I think this is where it comes down to the fact that they just got a they got a they got a freshman quarterback, they got a young quarterback. And when you trying to compete, he trying to keep up with Baker, it ain't gonna happen. It's the same scenario that played out in the Wisconsin game uh, uh, against against Ohio State. At a certain point, having a veteran quarterback and a young kid, you're going to get caught up somewhere. And I just think that Baker just going to have them on so much fire that, you know, their quarterback's a year away from being a compete in that kind of scenario. So I I look at Oklahoma to, to, to maybe win by like 14 in that game. So now you got Alabama and you got Clemson. Boy, this is a heavyweight fight. And everything else I said, nobody talks more junk than Dabo, and nobody's more ornery than Saban. They, you know, Dabo's got the Alabama roots, but Dabo's like that 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 son who just went astray. <laughs> he just got a whole. Nother, he trying to dance with the kids. You know, he he throwing his leg out. He's so much different opposite from Saban, straight-laced. You know, this comes down to which style wins out. I think in a game like that, this is where Alabama struggles because Dabo just going to have them loose. 
Dabble is going to have them loose. And sometimes the big games like that, the team, and this was the difference I saw in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State players at the beginning when they came out right after stretching, they were dancing in the middle of the field. There was a looseness and a confidence they had about that game that for the first time, I didn't really see the Badger players having. You know, I remember when, was it Ferguson, one of the games, the Michigan game, he was, the music was coming on. He was out there dancing. I didn't know he had moves like that. He was out there dancing and hanging, and they had the energy. They lost that fun energy that I think that Paul Chris tried to keep. For some reason, they got too serious. Like, you in the moment, let it go. Dabble's players always have it. And part of it is, one of the things I heard their players say it, that I knew from the times I played on championship teams, and I've always said this. We, I know even in high school, our high school team, we, we went on 23-game winning streak, uh, won a state championship in Michigan, and then going on for a second one. And the thing we always knew we had over teams is that our practices were harder in the games. Our second unit gave us such a good look. It was so competitive. We were talking junk in the hallway about what we are going to do, but it felt like a game every day. And when you compete like that, when you go to the actual game, the game slows down for you. And I think they create such a competitive environment at Clemson. It's not uptight. They work at it so hard that I think Dabo has created. I've been critical of Dabo on a whole bunch of other social issues around you. I know how I feel if you've been listening to this around it. But I'm talking about the football preparation. Um, I, think the, I think the difference is they're going to be loose. The similar teams in a lot of different ways, similar skill set. I think the difference is – there is a uh, uh, there's an element around failure and fear going to the sidelines in Alabama that's not going to be there with Clemson that only matters in games like this. Where, you know, that works for Mississippi State. That might even work. Doesn't even work really against Auburn. Did quite work there, but that might be a little uptight. That's not going to be uptight on the Clemson side. To me, I think that's the difference. I think Clemson nips him. I think it's still a great game. I just think that Kelly's going to make a few more plays. Um, I think uh, some of the issues they, they're having with linebacker at uh, at Alabama are going to show up in this game um, and that ability to, to not be able to defend on that second level. Um, I think they're going to test the secondary in ways they haven't been tested that I think is critical against uh, Alabama. And I think defensively, they're going to really put a lock on that running game and force uh, force a passing game out of Alabama in, in ways that Saban said he's been trying to prepare for, but I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen their willingness to throw uh, in a way that um, uh, Saban claims he's been trying to open the offense up. I haven't seen it enough for them to be able to win this game. So then I think, is Clemson against Oklahoma. And I'll tell you right now, this one, I might even have to go get me a credential for this one. I might even go out there to watch this one. Get your popcorn ready. I think this might be one of them championships where it's like 42, 37. You know, it might be, you know, it ain't that the defenses are bad. It just means the offenses are just going to be on fire. Plays are just going to be made all over the field. And um, you got Baker talking. You got Dabble talking. You know, it's going to be a lot of talking. <laughs> uh, I like the feel of that one. Uh, that one could be a real interesting thing. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think Dabble gets it. As much as I hate to say it, 
think Dabble's found his vibe. I think he found his comfort zone. I think he's found his stride as a coach, his comfortable space as a as a Clemens coach. I think after this victory, he starts to challenge Saban for that mantle of who's the best coach in the country. Um, and so that's how I feel it. You listen to uh, RSG One Mike. This is D. Wills holding it down tonight. We're talking about tonight. We're going to talk about the college football Final Four. This is our topic uh, for tonight. We're going to get deep uh, when 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 I get uh, 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 Hank back uh, on our next podcast. We're going to break down the bowl games because uh, there's a lot of great bowl matchups. Um, I'm going to wait for Hank to come in the building. Uh, you know, we're here with our good friends at Carbon World Health. Again, I want to thank them for hosting me uh, during the uh, Big Ten Championship. It's good to have friends in high places. You know, Ashley's my homie. She, she looks out for me health-wise. I even had to make sure she checked my food before I ate it. You know, like, can I eat this? <laughs> Doc, Doc was with me. We looked over there like, can I eat this? And she was there always looking out uh, for me. Um, you know, that's the kind of experience you get over there. So uh, it was a good experience. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about the what ifs. What if this would have happened? What does this mean for some of the teams on the outside looking in? Um, what does this mean for some of the potential coaching changes to, to kind of, you know, get people ready for who could who could be here uh, uh, next year? Um, there's a lot going on in the college game. And so, you know, uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I'm here hanging. Uh, you know, we're going to hit this little musical interlude for you.
one thing I want you to do for me. What? One. One, two. Check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever But as long as it's here Then we might as well shine together Better now than never Business before pleasure P. Diddy and the fam Who you know do it better This is Doug Fisher, editor of RingTV.com And I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast Alright, you listen to RSG One Mike This is D. Wilson, the building I'm fine solo tonight Uh, And our our, uh, topic tonight And then there were four we talked a little bit about the teams that made it, but how did they make it? So let's start with Oklahoma TCU. Now, with some of these championship games, it was straight theme. Somebody got taken behind the woodshed and didn't come out alive. TCU, you know, had one of the top defenses in the country. And Oklahoma rang up 47 on them, beat them 40, I mean, 41, beat them 41, 17. Um, uh, uh, and uh, just basically uh, dominated this game uh, big time. When you when you think about um, you know kind of uh, what, what went went down, you had Hill had uh, for TCU had 234 yards, two D two D two Ds and one interception. Baker Mayfield had 243 yards and four touchdowns, and he wanted to go for that fifth touchdown to give him the record. He was just he had his clown suit on. Um, he was doing an incredible job, uh, uh, you know, uh, making a hand. Anderson had 24 uh, uh, carries for 83 yards, uh, keeping the honest on the ground. Um, and Oklahoma, you know, uh, rang it up. You know, they went up uh, 17-0, and then TCU put 17 up in the second quarter. And then uh, Oklahoma got a, another seven right before halftime. Uh, to uh, take the lead, and then they just the third quarter is where it just went crazy. They hit a 17 points in the third quarter, basically blank TCU uh, in the second half, and just ran away with it. But you know Baker Mayfield, you know having a, that MVP uh, performance uh, in there, just uh, uh, did his thing and sealed uh, sealed the Heisman uh, for himself, and then. We had the rematch down there in Atlanta in the SEC championship between Auburn and Georgia, and it was almost a reversal. Auburn goes down, scores seven off the bat, and then Georgia goes 28 uh, unanswered uh, down there. And, um, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, Coach Smart, uh, uh, you know, has an opportunity to, you know, uh, you know, do what his mentor and his old boss do it, a chance to try and go for the championship. Uh, 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 right off the bat, but Fromm, who's the you know the young kid, had 183 yards and two touchdowns. You know, made the plays we had to. Um, uh, Swift had 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Johnson uh, for Auburn, you know, didn't look like himself. He had 44 yards, but he couldn't uh, he couldn't get anything going. And 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 Stidham um, had 145 yards passing and one touchdown. They kind of kept them bottled up. Uh, offensively, and they couldn't really get any movement uh, going. And, you know, they basically scored on that first drive and then just got blanked. You know, uh, Georgia got 10 in the second quarter. Uh, they got another field goal, and then the fourth quarter, they just ran away with it. They scored 15 in the fourth to, to get that 28 there. And so basically controlled, controlled the game 
um, there and, you know, and got there, if you want to call it, got there, got there, uh, uh, revenge, uh, uh, in that, in that, in that game. And so, and then Clemson, um, playing Miami, the turnover chain got turned over. Somebody, somebody, uh, uh, took that turnover chain and told them to turn it over after the game because they whooped Miami like they stole something and they beat the Canes. 38 to three Clemson was just basically we the bullies on the block. You know, y'all may be the you, but we about to do this to you. And uh, I know all my cats some of my homies from Miami, they was feeling that beat down, but then they get rewarded with going to the orange bowl and basically playing Wisconsin in the home game in the orange bowl. They ain't going to make them travel out of Miami at all. Um, but, um, uh, 38, three, I mean, this was just not even fair. Um, they just basically control that run game. You know, they got them big boys up front. Bryant had 252 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rozier had two interceptions, only 110 yards passing. Um, uh, uh, Etienne had 24 yards and a touchdown. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, Dallas uh, for uh, Miami had only 44 yards uh, rushing. But, I mean, they didn't get their three points until the fourth quarter. Um, and it's just, um, it, it was, they did it every other way you needed to do it. And they put that pressure on them and, um, you know, uh, 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 uh dominated from, um, uh, from, from jump. And so, you know, you try to look at, um, you know, the way they you had the two interceptions plus, um, you uh you are you know you're giving up sacks um you know there's three turnovers uh they had a fumble loss i mean miami was just giving that ball over when giving themselves a chance uh to to even uh to even compete and so um so you know most of these teams had dominant performances uh you know obviously alabama was idle and didn't play um and then in some of the other ones stanford uh against usc that was a 31-28 uh, battle there in some of the, in the Pac-10 championship. We already talked about Ohio State, Wisconsin. One of the memorable games is the UCF. Again, UCF playing a great game against Memphis, two to 55 in overtime. In the middle of that game, towards the, the announcement came out about uh, Frost going to Nebraska while they're trying to win this big game. Um, and you know, it's, those things are hard to control, but it just tells you so much about college sports. And I think you know it's 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 great that Scott Frost is going to Nebraska. That's you know I know they're talking about um, Florida and a lot of other jobs, but you know you know if Nebraska is going to become relevant, they need one of the guys to come home who can actually get the program back on the map. Uh, this guy's got extensive recruiting ties in both coasts. Um, you know he works with Oregon and, and uh, uh, his time out there has developed relationships out there on the West Coast. Um, obviously it's time assistant Florida. He's developed some relationships in Florida. So he's going to be able to recruit nationally, uh, for Nebraska for the first time in a long time. Nebraska can and do some things nationally. And he runs an offense that is a part of Nebraska's biggest challenge has been having an offense that's been productive. Uh, but the other thing is that they got to get those defenses together. I was talking to my guy, Dave Lecrae, who's from Miami, uh, grew up in Miami, went to South Ridge high school, but he's a Nebraska fan. And then, which probably drives our other friend, who's both, they both went to the same high school. He's a Hurricane fan. A lot of those other guys are Hurricane fans who I play football with, good friends with. But 
like Dave said, he said the first thing he should do is grab all them black shirts and put them in stores until these guys earn them. I wouldn't give these guys in Nebraska black shirts until they've at least their defense is ranked in the top five. At that point, we bring out the black shirts. You don't get a black shirt until your 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 defense is ranked in the top five in the country. Then we know we're back to black shirt bill. But I think that's one of the things that he'll have to establish that what Nebraska is all about. But the ability to score is something he he can definitely do. He's done it in multiple places. Um, you know, as someone who is. Uh, 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 now, I'm laughing right now. If you have a chance to watch this Pittsburgh Steelers game, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell just scored. And Pittsburgh has been probably the most creative folks. <laughs> you would think about it. It's like this is Tomlin uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and he's kind of straight-laced. But these guys have been entertaining. So Le'Veon scores. Now, we're going to see if he scores. He actually stayed in bounds. Le'Veon scores. And then – he, he lays on the ground and they pretend the pending with his leg over what the guy is holding his leg up and pinning him on the ground as if it was wrestling. These cats have more entertaining type of things. And it was a play where the, uh, uh, the, the Bengal players thought he stepped out of bounds. He just kept going, Oh man. And, and my boy, Marv Lewis is over there looking sick, but, uh, <laughs> But they, he, he, he's on his back, and they he got his leg up in the air like it's a pin, like he getting pinned by Dusty Rhodes. Oh, man, they're entertaining. But back to what I was saying about Frost, he's going to have this these guys back in the mix and competitive offensively, you know, as someone who watches the Badgers. Um, you know, having a relevant Nebraska team is going to help any team in that West. <laughs> I got to love it. You got to see this if you get a chance to see the highlight. He got the, he got the youngster. Uh, 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 Schuster g- pinning him while while uh, 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 Brown is tapping out and counting out the one two three. Well, they they got they they must spend at least a half a practice working on routines in Pittsburgh that they know they're gonna score. Uh, but uh, Nebraska's on its way back to being relevant. Are they gonna be uh, the, the, you know on the on the Tom Osborne that perennial top five team? No. But if you're Nebraska fans, you want to have a chance to compete for that West. It'd be you and Wisconsin competed, have a chance to get into the Big Ten championship with an opportunity every once in a while that you're going to be able to get into that four. If nothing else, you're going to be playing uh, a bowl uh, with the top ten team. You want to be in the top ten, top 12 on a consistent basis. In some years, you want to be kind of like Wisconsin, pushing for that top four. Um, and, and then winning your bowl games, whatever bowl game you go to, you're going to win. And I think, I think they can establish that kind of thing. And if they can get it rolling, you never know, uh, where they go. So we're set up, you know, we're set with the final four here. Um, it's going to be a doozy and, um, um, I'm excited about where it's going to go. Um, I hope you are. You listen to Real Sports Guys, RSG One Mike, um, where we go deep. Please uh, go to uh, all the social media platforms, uh, Real Sports Guys, uh, and uh, either like us, uh, follow us, whatever you need to do, um, and engage us. We're on Instagram. i love to hear from you. We enjoy going back and forth. Um, I'm at RSG D-Wills, D-W-I-L-S. On all those platforms, uh, love to I, I ace folks all the time. 
just come strong. Because, you know, if you come, you come up here and come to me week, you know, as if people on, on Facebook know, I'll give you that Matumbo finger. But if you come weak, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you like I'm gonna come at you like this. Yeah, you're gonna get some of that cocaine on you or or like this. You'll get you gonna get one of those. If you come up in here on this or or like this. One of them things you gonna get if you come in a little bit weak with some some weak sauce up here in the lane, but we definitely invite you to come and, and bring it to us, you know. And 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 and, and 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 don't 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 come wrong, don't come wrong on on on, on, on my boy uh, 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 Game Changer because he he don't play because you know Game Changer is always doing his thing, you know. He's he's a kind of cat that's always uh, know, Sundays. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing that Maxine Waters, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. <laughs> He reclaiming his time, reclaiming his time. Don't mean he ain't gonna get at you. So uh, we we got a lot going on here. We're excited about this. Uh, Phil T called us. We're going back and forth, but he was right. He called the Alabama getting the final spot for all the right reasons. You know that's he's he's our he's our you know he's the Dr. Dre of the game. He's he's the you know he is the, he's the guy who's using the right logic. I don't I, I don't always do. I leave with my emotions, and so Phil Phil's the kind of guy that can settle us every once in a while. So he was right, going back and forth on this. This cat's been going to all the big games. I gotta get. I can't wait to get him back on the air. He's been at a, a number of big games here in recent weeks. So uh, I'm looking forward to reconvening, connecting with the fellas uh, uh, when you get a chance. When we come back, we're gonna drop the mic. We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna put a bow on it. We're gonna uh, uh, do what we do. Team Bowman, this is Alton the Bowman Cunningham. What's a beast to a bow? And we're keeping it real with real sports guys. Yes, I'm in. The Bowman is going to be fighting his first te- nationally televised fight on AXS. If you get a chance to do it, they, they uh, sure their MMA on there. If you're subscribing to that, definitely check him out. He's going to be fighting here in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll probably try to get him on before his fight. Um, you know, we always want to support him. We've been watching through his journey. Before you know it, he will be on that UFC space, uh, stage. That's how we do. We get you on the come up. We get you on the come up. So, um, as, uh, I pair to, uh, you know, drop the mic, uh, here. Um, 
you know, if you've been following me on Twitter and everything else, I've been pretty outspoken about how I thought uh, this Wisconsin team was being treated. And some people say you can be a homer about that, your own perspective. But I felt like this team deserved a lot more respect than they than they got in the national media. Um, and uh, believe they fared themselves well on Saturday coming back. Uh, they didn't play their best game. Um, I think they'll play very well against Miami. But part of this is, you know, and I think Clemson went through this. I think Dabo could probably relate to this. Before they they finally broke through and won, you know, they were they were billed as this team that couldn't win the big game. And, you know, Dabo was pretty um, uh, outspoken about that and pushed back a lot. Um, and But all I ask when we look at these things, and I ask people in national media, is if you, if you have a criteria for what you're using, use it fairly across the board. That's it. Uh, that's it. And if that results in Alabama being selected, not being a non-divisional champ, I'm cool with that. But I don't think that was what people were using. I, I think people kind of drink the Kool-Aid. They're in these spaces. Um, they, there is bias around some of this stuff. And sometimes you just got to take this stuff. You know, one of the things I, you know, I've communicated sometimes, you know, some of the players that I've engaged is that you got to take this stuff. You have to, you have to not, people don't give you anything. And I think one of the lessons, and I, I was telling Phil T this, particularly for the Big Ten, stop whining, you got to start taking it. You got the right coaches in there to win. You got to start taking it. Players, you got to start taking it because they're not going to give you anything. They, they'll find a way to now pub the ACC over the Big Ten, now the SEC West or East. Even though Wisconsin whooped up and beat, uh, uh, you know, uh, and pushed hard, pushed them around a little bit last year, LSU with, with a Fournette who is killing people in the NFL. So he's an NFL running back. They withstood that all last year. And uh, no matter what that kind of evidence, it does not play out. So you're just going to have to man up and go get it. And the one thing I can say about Urban Meyer is he's the one coach in the Big Ten who has that attitude. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has it. He's just waiting to get his quarterback, and he'll be on the scene, and that'll start next year. Uh, I think Paul Chris is, is is trying to find that quarterback. He's got a championship and everything else he's got. You got Frost coming over here to uh, Nebraska. That's going to be interesting. But you got to go get it. On the other side, you got to command people like Coach Saban, who got his start in the Big Ten for building a system, a way of doing it. You got to commend him, and he's being rewarded for it. You got to commend Dabo Sweeney for building a system, creating an expectation, not letting 25 years of absent uh, presence in some of this stuff stop him from believing that Clemson could be the kind of program it can be, it, it's become. You 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 gotta you gotta you gotta commend Kirby Smart after taking that loss to Auburn, where the Georgia fans and Georgia program usually would wilt. He brought a little bit of Alabama sauce to it and got him to bounce back and respond 
in the SEC championship and go in to to uh, into the game, uh, ready to flow, ready to go, believing that that they have all the ability in in the world to be uh, the kind of champs they can be, that they have the ability to um, uh, go to whatever level they can go to. Um, And that that is incredibly important when when you have been uh, a program that's probably when you think about talent in Georgia has fallen short more than any other program you can have. If you think about the kind of talent, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why Rick is right now at Florida. Is it, it is it because they haven't had the, the top, uh, um, the top talent. That's not, that's not it. But they just have never realized their talent. And this year, at a time when they could have buckled, they stood up with, a, with, a, with basically a freshman quarterback running. And you got to think someone like Lincoln Riley, who looks like your little cousin, looks like um, he could still play, having to take over for his mentor who right before uh, – Basically, before the season, I mean, your season's well on. Bob Stoops announced he's retiring and walks away after 18 years. You get named the head coach with a team that was supposed to be good. And you first take this team into Columbus and get a victory, culminating with the the Baker Mayfield. I'm going to attempt to uh, spear the flag into some turf. Um, you go through, uh, you have a hiccup against Iowa State. You come back, get some big victories, get some showdowns. Uh, you, re-get, you regain and get this team focused um, and get them over a hump in a way that they sometimes in recent history have wilted and, and kind of landed and fizzled out. Uh, but you got them recharged. You even find a way to handle a situation where Baker, yes, he did the wrong thing. He should have been a little more conscious of their surroundings. Should have been there. But you even, you know, you get you get you teared up. You did all the other stuff. But you find a way to get them focused and past that moment. And now you're sitting here with an opportunity after taking over. It feels like you got that Steve Fisher flow going. You know, kind of like when Fisher took over for Frieder uh, right after losing uh, to Illinois and, and Bo said he's going to have a Michigan man coach a Michigan team and then uh, uh, Fisher takes him on that crazy run with Glenn Rice it's like Baker Mayfield is your Glenn Rice your G money if Glenn is out there he hears what I'm talking about your G money of the group who, who's ready to put on an incredible performance I think we're going to have some exciting football and the other thing we can't forget and we'll go over this is that we got a lot of other great bowl matchups and what hasn't happened as much as I thought it would happen is that people have appreciated these other bowl matches. Even though we got these great teams that are going to be playing in these games, it's going to garner a lot of attention. Um, there's some other great bowl matchups, and, and Hank and I will uh, um, will go for that. Um, 
Martavius Bryant just took it to the house on him. Man, this game is out of control. My goodness. Oh, there's a flag on it, though. Sorry about that. I just lost my, my final words on it. This Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game is crazy. A.C. Green or A.J. Green is clowning. Got his clown suit on out here. Um, uh, uh, I don't. Uh, they got holding on one, but a, a great return. But it's one of those things where uh, it's going to be a great season, and Hank and I are going to go over um, some of these games and highlight that you should be looking at. Um, I'm still trying to work on it. I, I might be going down to Miami uh, for this Wisconsin uh, 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 hurricane game, which I think is going to be a great game. Two emerging programs. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of good football to be played. We're going we're gonna to go through that when Hank be joins us on here. This is RSG One Mike. Uh, as always, we appreciate you. Um, you know, keep rolling with us. Keep being there with us. Um, keep uh, holding it down with us. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time on these airways. Check us out uh, at Real Sports Guys on all platforms, on all podcasts. Like us. Um, let us know you're listening. Give us feedback. Help us improve. Help us give you more of what you want uh, in the game, and uh, we'll work hard to deliver. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.